people of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the next chapter of the Brothers Talk, and thank you for your continuous support by downloading and listening to the podcast on your favorite channel. You also have our sincerest gratitude for joining our three Facebook groups, the Brothers Talk, hashtag Black Dollars Matter, and relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide, now with over 3,200 members. We had a great show last week with the owners of a great organic non-GMO restaurant, Coffee and Cornbread, located in Montclair, New Jersey, Monique and Monica. And you can still hear that episode along with all our other programs. So before we jump out with this week's topic, once again, here are Scott and Norm. Hey, family. And like always, thank you for your continued support. Uh, Thank you for your comment. I just want to say that I was down south this past week. And like folks, I don't know whether you're watching Fox News or not, but you need to practice social distancing and wear your freaking mask so we can get through this pandemic. Everybody by black. Yes, uh, thank you. And i just like to say, you know, again, like Scott just said, be safe, stay in tuned, listen to what's happening around you. People are dying. Okay, we know the hot topic of the week was Kamala Harris being named as the vice presidential candidate to run with Joe Biden. And it was a real flashpoint of controversy across the Black community this week as it exposed the old rift that exists between those of us who recognize that we need to do something different than the same old, same old of giving our vote away without any strings, while every other group understands the value of their vote and uses the leverage, saying, if you want our vote, this is what we want. And then there's the other group who have the old enslaved mentality of fear that they'll call our bluff and then what? Somehow we'll be on the out. Well, it's not as like we really have anything in this process to lose now. So what is it that keeps some of our folks really on this line of believing that it has to be a zero-sum mentality, that either you are all in for Biden and Harris, or they believe that if you raise any kind of concern, not that you're even raising an objection, but that if you even bother to question then somehow they want to automatically assume that means that you're going to be going for 45. And we have to really do a better job of trying to figure out why we can't have an intelligent conversation that doesn't turn into a bunch of name calling, that doesn't turn into people who are just adamant that somehow you're betraying the whole black community just because you're willing to say, well, there's some things in Kamala Harris and Joe Biden's background that should give us pause and make us say to them, listen, you've used us in the past. And because you used us to get where you want, we now want to hold you accountable. So you owe us for helping you to get to where you are. 
And yet we have too many people who see that as somehow that's a defeatist strategy. So what is there about our community on one side that has this inability to process more than one thought at the same time? Yeah, Rod, you know, and you really hit home with some of your comments when we started talking about the way that Black people kind of has elevated Kamala Harris to a deity level, and she hadn't accomplished anything yet. You got a situation, like you said, where Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have written the backs of Black folks to actually get to where they are today. And you have folks out here, because you're challenging, you're trying to make them think, wait a minute, let's look at her record. Let's look at Joe Biden's record. What have they actually done for Black folks in the past? What you did in the past tend to kind of show what you're going to do in the future. So if we look at what they've done, they've done in the past, what Kamala Harris, how she's treated Black folks in the past, will she bring that with her to the White House? The question that I'm asking Black folks, because I've, I've been viciously attacked by saying that I thought that. I thought he was going to lose because he picked a Black woman, simply because I didn't think that white women were going to show up and vote because we haven't had a white woman VP or a white woman president yet. Put yourself in a white woman's shoe and say, wait a minute, we had a black president, hadn't had a white woman president, now we're going to have a black woman VP. What's my status now in this country in terms of a white woman? That's where I was coming from with that. What's my status? Well, I saw it about the same way. You know, our people have been conditioned to just vote and take whatever crumbs fall off the table. You know, we have been conditioned yeah. to just accept whatever they give us and not to ask for anything. So I'm seeing that that's just how we've been brought into the political process. And basically, that's how we've been in the political process, because we've never actually held anybody accountable or responsible for anything. You know, we've been just told that, yo, we fought for this vote and you have to use it. And that's it. That's our mindset. We don't go beyond that at all. And so look at that as the points that both of you raised there, which just really relates to a simple, intelligent, intellectual conversation that says, consider the following. Nowhere in either of your comments did you say anything about changing the ticket now or supporting the other side, but it's really a reasoned argument that simply says, okay, what does she bring to the ticket? And what should we ask for based on her history? And yet, anytime we bring that up, we get folks who automatically want to literally, I call it whitewash her past. When, and there are some things that are questionable in there. There are articles written. And I also will go this far is to say that since she has been in the Senate, she has tried to align herself with many of the Black Caucus's um, agenda which is not earth shattering, but at the same time, it does mean that she has refocused away from the pro-police stance that she had when she was the district attorney in San Francisco and the attorney general in California. And so there are some folks who point to a few things she did there, but a lot of the black community out there is unwilling to forget what she did. And so we're saying, why can't you have a reasoned, intelligent conversation that's willing to consider more than one point of view. And far too often, the folks who are on the other side just want to jump right to the closure of saying that we just don't want to support her. And somehow 
that's tearing her down. If we really just ask a question, as you said, Scott, the best indicator of your future performance is your past history. That's true for everybody. And yet yeah. nobody wants to look at that. You know, the other thing that folks were jumping on me about was the fact that I was pointing out that Cumber's actually not African-American, that she's Indian. And that video out there where she's talking about her Indian heritage, not a black heritage, but Indian. So my concern was, is she going to be more loyal to Indians? When she swore in as a senator, she swore in and said she was Indian. So is she going to be more supportive of folks from India, India businesses? Are are she going to help them continue to, they've already looked like they bypassed black folks when you start talking about economics. So is it going to be on steroids when she becomes the VP? What I'm saying to folks is this. If you're going to be that loyal because she is considered to be an African-American or a black woman, are you going to ask for something? You know, how are you going to help their campaign? Are you going to get out there and vote? I mean, you're going to vote, but are you going to make calls? Are you going to volunteer? Are you going to donate money, your time? What are you going to do to help them get elected? But more importantly, are you going to ask for something? What are you going to ask for? Are you just going to give them your vote? And because she's black, which is like what Norm said, Ross said, that's what we've been doing in the past. Well, she's black. I got to vote for. That's why we didn't get anything from Barack Obama because we didn't ask for nothing. So he didn't give us nothing. Everybody else asked for something. Just go around, ask for something, quit defending her just because she went to Howard, she's an AKA, whatever. Quit defending her for those reasons and start saying, okay, if we put you in the office, this is what we want. We want some stuff. Start talking about that now. You know, and, and what she is is irrelevant. What we need to worry about is what she is she about and how we can use that to our advantage. I just wanted to say, you know, we need to actually get her on the spot and, you know, listen to her words carefully and press her towards what we want and what we expect from her candidacy. Well, I look at it this way, too, though, that it's not just her. That's why I mentioned Biden earlier, because it's the ticket that, just as you said, Scott, we want to ask for the things that we want. We had a show talking about reparations. Reparations needs to be at the top of the Democratic platform, especially for these two people who have been such a big part of the mass incarceration of Black men in this country. And people don't understand the notion of leverage as a tool of negotiation. They somehow believe that if you threaten to withhold your vote, that that means that you must do that. And that's never been the way negotiations work. The other side just has to simply believe that you are willing to do what you say you're going to do. And just like any other group, Scott, you mentioned like the what whether she'll be more loyal to the Indian population. Well, if the Indian population is going and saying, if you want our vote, this is what you must do, then yes, yeah, she's going to be loyal to them because that's how you negotiate. If the immigrant population goes to Biden and those who are, are now citizens and say, this is what we want or we're going to to leverage our vote, then that's what they're going to get. We're the only group that will continuously go off the notion of hope that once they get our vote and get in, now they're going to remember that they owe us something. And that's the point at which 
they have no reason to do anything for you. They already got what they wanted. And everybody else seems to understand that except us. And that's exactly what Obama did. When folks started trying to hold him accountable and asking him what he's going to do for black folks once he was elected, he started saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm the president of all people, not just black folks. And that's what we don't want again. We don't want that to happen again. Where I can see Biden up there saying, well, you know, I'm trying to bring the country together. And I'm from Yeah, we want the country to be brought together. But what are you going to do for black folks? We're the only ones who the group that hadn't benefited from standing out here in these long lines, voter suppression, racial attacks. We're the only group that those things happen for happen to. And we're still out here voting. We're still loyal to the Democratic Party. And yet to date, we have not benefited in the least. You didn't like the president's Al Green interpretation? <laughs> What's that? Well, he's saying Al Green for us. Oh, yeah, he did. He sang Al Green for us, and he sang um, Amazing Grace. I guess that was our reward. See, there you go. Well, see, the thing I look at, too, is this. You said, Scott, that if Biden comes in, he's going to talk about uniting the country. Well, the New York Times had a great article talking about the fact that the protest over Black Lives Matter is the largest protest in the history of this nation. So if he's truly interested in bringing the nation together, then he's got his item right there. He can yep. come in and say, well, okay, I'm going to get behind the Black Lives Matter movement, and that will bring all those other folks who are out there now still protesting, while you're going to have that racist element that is 45's group, they can be left on the sideline, which is where they should be. So if he truly is about bringing the country together, then there is a built-in issue. One of the thing, other things that I wanted to say to our listeners, if you want Kamala Harris and Joe Biden to win this election, you need to start calling your congressmen and your senators and calling them frequently every day to say, hey, what this guy's doing to the post office can't be allowed. Folks got to start protesting that. You got to start hearing, the congressman got to hear from you. The senator's got to hear from you because he's like openly trying to steal the elect. He said that's why he's trying to uh, slow down the mail for the post office because Democrats will win election. And so none of this might not come to fruition if he gets his way what they're doing to the post office. And just to follow up what Scott just said, the, our congressmen have to be sure that the post office is fully funded. Because that's really, he's, he's controlling, he's trying to control the purse strings, and that's Congress. So they really have to be on top of that. We are supposedly a democracy, supposedly the world's greatest democratic experiment. And what is more democratic than the right to vote? So if he is interfering with the due process of the right to vote, what is a higher crime that he should be impeached for than that? And I have yet to hear any member of Congress raise that specter, which to me, he's just as you said, Scott, he's already put it out there on record that that is what he's attempting to do. He's attempting to hijack the election by interfering with people's ability to cast their vote. And they talk about high crimes and misdemeanors. And so what is any higher crime than basically undermining the very concept of what democracy is supposed to be about? Yeah. And that's to me, that's one of the things that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden need to be talking about. They need to be putting emphasis on this is what this guy is doing. He's trying to steal the election because he's out here talking about, well, if, if people vote by mail, then the election is going to be rigged. They, they, it's a one sided narrative where 
they should be out there leading that narrative saying, hey, look at what this guy's doing. I know they got their little honeymoon going on now. And it's also disappointing that every single congressman, in particular black ones, every single congressman should be out there saying how appalled they are about what's going on right now with, with the post office. But you only heard from a handful. Right. That, that's disturbing to me. And Rod, you asked what could be worse. I would suggest the treason that he was basically charged with before that the Republicans wanted to ignore or did ignore, I should say. But I'm just saying this is the very fundamental yeah. that democracy yeah. is built yeah. on. You know, the other part is, you know, electioneering and interference by a foreign power in election, which is bad enough. But I'm saying if you define the word democracy, you start by saying the right to vote for your leaders and your issues. So the foundation of what the country is built on is he is interfering with that. And so that has to be the highest crime that an elected official could ever uh, execute. Not only that, it's written into the Constitution, the post office is supposed to be funded to deliver mail. So for him to even stop or slow down the delivery of mail is violating the Constitution. But again, where are the congressmen and congresswomen? Where are they, and particularly the black ones? Because the people that he's trying to hurt the most are the same folks who voter suppression, like we talked about, he's trying to suppress the vote. Not only is he suppressing the vote for black folks, but older people, the elderly, people are missing their medication, their checks. It's, in, it's impact wide range of people. And I, I just don't, I don't see Congress people stepping up and being angry about it and showing that they're angry and showing their displeasure about it and what they're going to do about it. You know, he obviously doesn't have any empathy for the 160,000 Americans who've already died because of this pandemic. Right. So I doubt he really cares about, you know, the mail being slowed or medicine or check for anybody else. So there you have it. We should be more active in demanding that our Congress people who are supposed to be our representatives are holding this administration accountable for trying to subvert and sabotage the election, thereby diverting the will of the people. So make sure you put the heat on your Congress people and let's see what we can do about getting a grassroots movement to push that forward. So now it's time for our positive black business experience. And this week comes from the world of the social network. In our hashtag Black Dollars Matter and relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide groups on Facebook, we're seeing an upsurge in people who are now reaching out for services from the businesses that are out there, which is a great byproduct. Our initial intention was, of course, to make sure that black businesses had a place to connect and list themselves so that other black businesses and black consumers could reach them. And so now we're already at the part where black consumers are reaching in and asking for connections to black business. So that's a really positive development and we want you to keep it up. So that's it again for another edition of the Brothers Talk. We thank you again for being with us. Remember to follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to go long form, we're at thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Thanks again for being with us. And remember, as always, let's do better today because that's really all that we have.